We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen, still, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee, and we're going to put a pin in this season. We had a wild week in, in week 14 with the 49ers 26-23 win over the Bengals. We discussed that game in our last podcast. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. But we're going to put a pin in this season and start looking ahead to the offseason. Now, that's not to say the 49ers aren't going to make the playoffs. They very likely will. And that's not to say that they can't make a run in the playoffs because they very likely can. But we're going to start looking ahead to next season because regardless of whether we want to focus on this season or this game against the Falcons or whatever it is, the 49ers are going to have a lot of questions to answer this offseason. And we're going to break down how the Niners can go about the offseason to kind of insulate themselves from some of the problems they ran into this year. So let's dive into that conversation. And later on this week, we will pull that pin out and we will get back to this season. But for now, let's look ahead. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Chris, I have officially placed a pin. I, I bought push pins and I picked up the 2021 season and I stuck it in the corkboard next to me. And it's going to stay there for now. And I pulled down the pin in the 2022 offseason and it's on the table. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So I, I wanted to have this discussion because there were a few things that that came out this week since since the Bengals game that I think are are worth contextualizing um, and talking about and just zooming out, sort of having a big picture discussion, because ultimately how the season ends and what happens over these last four games and, and you know, if and when the 49ers make the playoffs, what that looks like is obviously going to impact their decision-making uh, on a lot of important players, right? So um, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network reported that 
the salary cap is expected to be um, just over 208 million for 2022. Uh, the 49ers would have just under 13 million in space under those parameters. Um, and so it's worth having the discussion like, you know, and then so that that was one separate thing. Right. Peter King in his uh, football morning in America column, he was in Cincinnati um, and he obviously spoke to 49ers officials and, and Peter King is very plugged in to the 49ers, as we know. Um, and he said that the 49ers have not made a decision at all about their quarterback situation in 2022 after it had been reported. Um, I believe it was Ian Rappaport a few weeks ago who said the 49ers plan is to trade Jimmy Garoppolo in the offseason. Um, why Peter King or why sources would tell Peter King that the 49ers haven't made a decision at all. I mean, it, why, why would they tell Peter King after winning that game against the Bengals that, Oh yeah, we're still going to trade Jimmy. Right. Like just the, that, that's not really, that that's not really how this all works. Right. Like the 49ers, (laughs) they, they don't have to make, they don't have to make a decision on Jimmy Garoppolo until the season's over. And not to mention that you just had this come from behind overtime win and your offense is finally starting to get rolling a little bit. You're seven and six, you're in the playoff hunt and you're looking at the NFC going, man, like it's not impossible to win a couple playoff games here to go tell Peter King. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> right. That's not an effective 2021 strategy right so it doesn't really peter king's report doesn't really change what i think is going to happen which is more than likely the 49ers are going to move on from jimmy garoppolo one way or another and we've talked about that a lot but we haven't really talked about the mechanics of it right just in terms of how much money the 49ers can potentially save by moving on from garoppolo there are a couple other guys that they need to make decisions on Um, but really the thesis here is that if the 49ers decide to move on from three of their most expensive players, which wouldn't be entirely crazy, they could have 72 million in cap space, which would certainly go a long way towards being able to re-sign Nick Bosa, um, and, or sign Bosa to a contract extension. I should say he's not. He's not slated for free agency for another two years, and the 49ers are obviously going to pick up his fifth-year option this offseason. Um, but he'll be eligible for a new contract for the first time this offseason, as will Nick Bosa – or, sorry, Debo Samuel, um, given that they were both you know, in the 2019 draft class. And you can throw Dre Greenlaw into that mix as well, um, but obviously that number is probably not going to be anywhere near what those guys are, are expected to get. Right. So if you move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, it's 27 million. Mm-hmm. Eric Armstead, who's a good player, uh, their Walter Payton man of the year candidate, obviously somebody they value a lot, but I don't think his production necessarily warrants getting paid 20 million a year. And so maybe there are parts of his contract that can be re- reworked. Maybe you can move money around to where he's not costing $20 million. Um, but that's a, that's their second highest paid player uh, right now for 2022 is Eric Armstead at 20 million against the cap D Ford, who Kyle Shanahan said on Monday is unlikely to play again. This season is due 11.9 million after he, his contract was restructured in the off season. Shanahan said, it doesn't look like Ford's going to play again this year. 
it seems outright impossible at the moment that the 49ers would pay D Ford 11.9 million in cap dollars. And he has no guarantees according to over the cap for next even if season. he gets, even if he gets through the off season, like fully healthy and goes into camp, like I'm ready to go. Right. There's no way. Right. Right. So the point here is that you add those three guys up, Jimmy Garoppolo, Eric Armstead, D Ford, that's $71.8 million. The 49ers could take off the cap. Um, now that's, that's ultimately that, I mean, that's a huge deal, right? Like 70, $72 million you can do a lot with, you could sign a cornerback at the top of the market, right? You could re you could sign Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel to extensions. Um, you could potentially add an offensive lineman if you need to. Um, there's, there's a lot you can do there. You can add a third receiver. If, you know, if you want to, if you want somebody a little bit more dynamic than Juwan Jennings and, and we can go through the free agency list. I, I, it's probably way too early because, you know, franchise tags and whatever, a lot can happen. But I think, Um, I think we can look at areas of need and whoever those free agents are. Right. Can fall in later. Right. So because I, I, if we zoom out, like the 49ers are, are facing a situation where they could be extremely flexible in the off season in a way they haven't been super flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the cap is expected to balloon again in 2023 where, you know, you're looking at having a whole ton of cap space, right. Which, mm-hmm. which is why like the Debo Samuel and Nick Bosa extensions likely would be pushed into those years. Um, and not impact the 2022 salary cap all that much. So the 49ers are in a good spot, but a lot of that is, is sort of contingent on their view of Jimmy Garoppolo. And if, you know, it seems, it seems highly unlikely Jimmy Garoppolo comes back, but like, can we rule it out entirely? Is it like 90%? Are we 90% certain Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone? Here's so I'm going to put it at 95. Okay. And the 5% has nothing to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Because if there was a chance he was going to play his way into the 2022 season with the 49ers, I don't think they would have traded what they traded to go get Trey Lance. If that door was open, I don't think they go there. I think they went there. You know, they talk about, oh, if he's, you know, it's the injury stuff. Like, no, it's the, he's not good enough stuff. Like, he's fine. He's fine. But are you going to compete for Super Bowls year in and year out with Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback? The answer over three plus seasons is no. If the running game is good, if the defense is good, if they're getting takeaways, if they're getting in third and short, fine. And every once in a while, he's going to have this a great drive like he had in overtime against the Bengals. But it's the consistency. It's the fact that that game against the Colts that can't happen. You know, the two interceptions against the Seahawks, against a bad team on the road in a division game you need, you can't have those. Right. And the margin of error is so slim with Jimmy Garoppolo, and they want to expand that. So I think the only way he's around and eating up that much cap space is if they look at Trey Lance and they say he is just not good enough yet. He did not progress the way we thought he's progressing. 
It would be a disaster to put him in. Ceiling is six wins if he's the starting quarterback this year. And we think we have a Super Bowl team again. So we're running it back with Jimmy and we'll try and spin the narrative. And you can spin that narrative if all year you're leaking to broadcasters and to Peter King and to Mike Silver and whoever else, Albert Breer. Hey, FYI, we haven't made a decision yet. It could still be Jimmy. It makes it a lot easier to do that. But I think the only way they do that, they could win out and win the Super Bowl. I still think it's Lance, unless they think he's not ready. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think, you know, I'll I'll read this Kyle Shanahan quote, which is pretty glowing about Jimmy Garoppolo. He told Peter King in, in, uh, in his column, he said, Jimmy's one of my favorite people that I've ever coached. He's a hell of a dude. He's not trying to hide anything. I also don't want to downplay it and say this whole situation is just not a big deal. It's a huge deal, really hard on him. But he came in with the right mindset all the way back to OTAs. He hasn't gotten sideways at all through any of it. No matter what he hears, he's been the exact same guy I've known for for the four years prior, and that's given us a chance to fight through this year. It's given us a chance to be where we're at right now. So you can look at that a couple different ways, right? You could say, wow, Kyle Shanahan loves Jimmy Garoppolo. And Kyle Shanahan's really happy with the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo played well late in Cincinnati and, and ultimately helped them win that game in overtime. You could also look at it and say, Kyle Shanahan's really trying to gas up Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value. <laughs> right. That, and the, just trying to keep the ship upright this year. Right. You're, you're not going to, to your earlier point, in the middle of a playoff, in the middle of you trying to make the playoffs, you are not going to tell Peter King, the most one of the most famous reporters or one of the most read reporters in the entire North American sports landscape. Like, yeah, Jimmy just completed seven of seven and threw the game winning touchdown pass in overtime. But we're for sure moving on from it next year. Yeah, that was like, nice. Not, but yeah, you're not just going to be a dick like that and, and put that out there when it's entirely unnecessary, even if it's going to happen. So that's. That's the prism to, to which I, I look at this because you look at that $71.8 million that you could potentially have with Eric Armstead, D Ford and Jimmy Garoppolo gone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, man, you could get cornerbacks. You could get pass rushers. You could get offensive linemen. Can you could, you could get a receiver? You could can, get all sorts of things. Can and we latch on to that for a second? Guys. Yeah. Because... I want to I want to take this exit and talk about where they might spend that money. And I don't want to get into specific free agents because we don't know what franchise tags look like. We don't know who's going to actually be available. It could be one of those things where like you know, maybe by January, you know, Devontae Adams is a free agent, but you know, it's kind of agreed upon that he's going to go back to the back to the Packers or he's going wherever Aaron Rodgers is going that kind of thing. So, or he's just getting the franchise tag. Or he's just getting the franchise tag, right? <laughs> I think the bigger question with the 49ers and I want to start on the defensive side is, is this season, do you think enough for them to look at their kind of organizational philosophy at corner where it's, or in their defensive construction, because they've said this defense is going to be built front to back. A excellent pass rush is going to make up for the fact that the cornerback play is just average. And that's why they were comfortable going into the season with Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Barrett, and then a couple of rookies behind them. 
because they were thinking, yeah, hey, D Ford's going to be healthy coming back. Nick Bosa is going to be back. Eric Armstead will be effective again. They signed Samson Abucom and they tried to re and they stacked up their, their defensive line on the interior. They bring in Arden key and they looked at that defensive line and said, this defensive line is good enough to make this secondary playable. And it hasn't been. So I'm wondering, do you think that they go, okay, fine. We're signing JC Jackson, the Patriots cornerback. Who's going to be a free agent. Maybe. We're signing JC Jackson, or do they go, all right, we're bringing in the best edge rusher on the market. Chandler Jones is set to be a free agent. We're bringing in Chandler Jones to line up across from Nick Bosa, and we're going to see who emerges out of Ambry Thomas and Diamond Orlinor. And another draft pick this year. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you look at the 49ers situation right now, like they largely didn't spend on cornerbacks because they didn't really have the space. And they could have... You know, they didn't have to bring D Ford back. Um, well, they did kind of, but, you know, like that, that money was coming anyway. They were pretty strapped. They have 2.7 million in cap space right now. Mm-hmm. So th- I think the, the reason why it, it wasn't so much that like, oh, we believe so much in Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley. It was like, all right, well, how can we piece this thing together in a way that's, that's cheap for right now? Ultimately, I think what happened with the 49ers and their quarterback cornerback situation was that they looked at Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley and, and brought back Kwan Williams and said, all right, like this is a pretty good group and we can bring them back cheaply. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it would be two, a good group if they were healthy, if, if they were healthy and they have 2.7 million in cap space right now. So I think ultimately they were sort of hamstrung because the cap did go down last year. Um, they had to pay Trent Williams. Um, they had to pay, you know, Fred Warner. And, and those salaries aren't necessarily hitting as much as they will in the future this year. But they just didn't have all, as much flexibility as maybe they would have wanted to. Now, you can go through the line of moves that they made and say, well, they could have um, not signed this guy or they could have released this guy or whatever right. and then signed another cornerback. Um, but ultimately, I don't know, you know, Casey Hayward, would it would it make a dramatic difference? Like the Niners passing off defense has been pretty good um, just mm-hmm. from a pure number standpoint. You would feel better about their cornerback situation if if they did sign somebody like that. But, you know, is is Casey Hayward going to be the difference between the 49ers winning and losing the Super Bowl? I don't think so. I think their their problems are bigger than that at cornerback. Oh, so absolutely. Like, so the fact that they don't have they didn't have much flexibility in the offseason yeah is definitely part of partly their doing or largely their doing mm-hmm. but their approach was like all right we're gonna we've invested up front we're gonna piece this thing together as cheaply as we think will be effective and in doing that they had to they took risks right yeah. they, they took them on Jason Verrett and you know Emmanuel Mosley and um Kwan Williams and guys who have missed times with, with injury right so mm-hmm would it be a shift in organizational philosophy? Like, I mean, I don't know that they've, that their philosophy is like, let's punt on corners. I think it's just sort of circumstantial in that that's the direction they decided to go that off season. Because look, when they went to the Super Bowl, they had Richard Sherman, who was an all pro that year. Sure. But he wasn't a top of market corner when they went and got him. He was coming off the injury. Right. They signed him for, you know, relatively cheap. 
Yeah, but I but but my point here is that like I I think they value cornerback highly. The fact that they haven't invested a super premium asset in the position, I think. You know, I don't I, I don't think that says that they they don't value it. I just think it's it's part it, it's just like a confluence of all the factors that go into team building, right? I think the the bigger issue that they have is like when you draft Javon Kinlaw for example, mm-hmm. and you add him with your 14th overall pick in 2020 after going to the Super Bowl, you're doing it for need and you're mm-hmm. overlooking other players that are probably better than Javon Kinlaw, but you're thinking, well, we just lost to Forrest Buckner. If we just find somebody we could plug back in that hole, then we can be really good while you're missing out on guys like Brandon Scherf or sorry, um, not Brandon Scherf, he's a free agent. Um, Tristan Wirfs uh, and good player. Lamb. Good player. Yeah, like you're you're missing, you're not taking those guys because you're drafting for need, and that that's an entirely different discussion. And we'll talk about that going into the draft, I'm sure. But like that's why you don't just draft for need, right? Like you take the best players possible because needs always fluctuate. I also think that that's why they're so much more successful in the later rounds because they're like, yeah, we're just taking the talented guy. Yes. And it turns out that the talented guy is better to have on your team. Yes. They identify guys they like in the fifth round and they say, okay, we'll go take them. Whereas in the first round, it's like, well, we need a defensive tackle. Let's go get one. We need a right tackle. Let's go get one. We need a receiver. Let's go get one. And I think that's, that's that's where the cornerback thing really sticks out to me Yeah, is in the second round of this year's draft. We're going into the draft. It was like, man, they need a corner and they trade back where they could have taken Asante Samuel Jr. Who was, this isn't like a hindsight thing. He's been really good this year for the Chargers. This isn't a hindsight thing. It was like at the time, people were saying, hey, they need a corner. Asante Samuel Jr. is there. Go get him. And instead, they get a right guard. Right. Whether he can get on the field or not is irrelevant. Right. That's just kind of when I when I say that, you know, they don't value corner. And then you say they haven't invested a premium asset. And it's like, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah. They try and, they try and kind of, cobble it together and say like okay can we go patchwork and make it just good enough right patchwork might be too strong well like you know richard sherman was an injury risk and that sort of bore out over you know in 2020 in particular Mm -hmm. but it worked in 2019 jason verrett was as much of an injury risk in 2019 as he was in 2021 but he played a full season in 2020 and played really well so you know, I don't agree with the philosophy at all. Like I would have drafted a corner at some point or invested right. more free agent dollars. I like, I do think they value the position because like we could have said the same thing after 2018, like they don't value edge rushers. It's like, well, I think they definitely value them. They just haven't put, haven't put resources towards that position yet. And then they draft Nick Bosa and go trade for D Ford. Right. So like that's sort of what my expectation is for this offseason when it comes to cornerback, like they'll invest potentially some of this cap space. I mean, even if they keep Jimmy Garoppolo, they should have a lot. Um, they should have a decent amount of cap space to where you could at least go and get a quality um, free agent cornerback, a veteran who's not Josh Norman. Um, and so that's, that that's my point. And, and I just think like, that's why this off season is going to be so fascinating because they potentially, I mean, they're not going to have a first round pick for the next two years unless they trade up. 
and they could potentially have 72 million in space if they move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, which is like kind of my opinion. It's sort of why you have to, right? Because this is, and Kyle Shanahan's talked about it. Part of the appeal in getting Trey Lance is that rookie contract you get for the first five years. And if you keep Jimmy Garoppolo, then that rookie contract loses its value because you're ultimately going to have one of the most expensive quarterbacks, quarterback rooms in the league. Mm-hmm. Because Trey Lance as a number three pick still makes pretty good money. Right. Like seven or eight million a year. Right. So like, you know, you're you're paying thirty-six million dollars, whatever it's gonna be, if you keep Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, wh- where you could use ten you, if you if you spend 10, 15 million a year on a on a cornerback, like that's gonna be a, a pretty good player for you. Right. Or, or at should least he should be, unless you just completely whiff, which is another right. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another thing, but I, I wouldn't think they would. I I mean I will believe I just think based on everything we've seen from them and everything we've heard from them, you know, John Lynch in the in the twenty nineteen offseason compared was it twenty nineteen that the that the Bears traded for Khalil Mack or was that twenty eighteen? Oh, geez. Make your point. I'll, I'll find okay. out what you're talking When about. Khalil Mack was available and the Niners didn't trade for him, John Lynch compared the importance of an edge rusher to the importance of a quarterback. And Kyle Shanahan always right. talks about affecting the quarterback. And I just think if the 49ers have, have cap space to throw around, I think they would prioritize another edge rusher over the top corner on the market. And maybe that's fine because if you're going, okay, they're not going a first tier corner, but they're going to go dig around in the, in the back half of the tier two corners. Okay. Like that's, that's fine. I just can't, they can't go into this next season with Emmanuel Mosley, Ambry Thomas, Diamondor Lenore and a draft pick or a, you know, 
veteran that they pick up late in free agency. Right. I just, I really, really think that they need to, at some point really invest in that position. Not saying that they need to go trade into the first round and, 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 and draft one, but I do think that they have to prioritize it in free agency. It's their, it's their biggest need, right? Yes. Unequivocally. And I just think it needs to, I think it needs to be for real addressed. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100. Um, percent They absolutely have to. Maybe I'm overreacting, but no. I mean, if so, if they don't have like if if they never get Richard Sherman, I would think they do invest. But okay, no, a, a let premium me, asset let me, at, at the position at some point, right? Let me rephrase this then. If Richard Sherman was Richard Sherman, like all pro never got hurt and was 28 going into that off season. Do you think the 49ers sign him? I don't think they do. Well, they probably couldn't afford it. Couldn't afford him at that point. Assuming they could like, my point is that we haven't seen them go, go after a top end corner yet or invest a first round pick or anything like that. And I think they need, need to I think they need to to invest that in that position this year because yeah. I think the defensive line is good enough like Nick Bose is an impactful enough player that if they were a little better on the outside that game on Sunday never goes to overtime right yeah that's I'm, where I'm at yeah I'm, I'm looking at like the moves the 49ers made in in this offseason that might have prevented them from getting anybody and there isn't really anything where you'd say oh man this was a terrible decision you should have gotten a corner like it's the draft it's the draft pick it, it's the draft it's pick. the Aaron Banks pick that I'm circling this particular offseason yeah 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 I, I just think they didn't have they didn't have financial flexibility to go and get a cornerback that would have really made a difference in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um, given that they are, you know, a top. I don't, but I don't think, okay. So let's, let's substitute Casey Hayward for, for Josh Norman. Casey Hayward's having a, having a good year for the Raiders. Niners have the six ranked pass defense in the league right now. So let's substitute Casey Hayward there. Yeah. I, I don't think that they're the, the Niners are seven, six. I don't think we're looking at a, at a, nine and 14 if they have Casey Hayward instead. Right. That's my point. And that's, that's fine. But you would probably feel a lot better about them going into a playoff game against picking an FC team. Absolutely. That's kind of, that's, that's, that's just where I'm at. Yeah. For this, for this season. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. So depending on how these next four games go and the playoff game, like, you know, I, my impression is that the 49ers feel good about Eric Armstead, probably not $20 million good. And maybe there are some mechanisms in his contract to where you can shrink that number and yeah. not screw yourself down the road. But again, the cap is going to go up pretty substantially in 2023. So maybe paying Eric Armstead and pushing some of his money into those years isn't going to be terrible. D Ford is going to be gone. Um, Lakin Tomlinson uh, is entering a void year in his contract. So he's going to need a new deal. Um, mm-hmm. DJ Jones is a free agent. Raheem Mostert's a free agent. Kwan Williams is a free agent. 
Jeff Wilson, Ross Dwelly, Marcel Harris, Mo Sanu, Jaquaski Tart, Dante Johnson, Tom Coffin, they- Tra- Travis Benjamin. Like, there's nobody here aside from like giving new deals to Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. We're like, okay, they really need to break the bank for these guys. And if they do potentially have 72 million, or even if they keep Armstead and they just have 52 million, you can do a lot with $52 million if you right. do it creatively, particularly with the cap spiking the year after, and you can backload deals and all that. Mm-hmm. So the 49ers are ultimately in a good spot, which provides another layer of context to how the season's going to end. Because, like, I know, I know we both don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to ball out and, like, save his job for 2022 necessarily i think it, i ultimately i think it would take a super bowl win and even to, then for them to decide like, to what does it there. look like if jimmy garoppolo has a joe flacco super bowl run and i know we joke about joe flacco but like joe flacco's super bowl run in 2012 was like historically good and ultimately got him paid for a long time yeah but that's also sort of the the test case and like maybe you don't overreact to a super bowl winner i don't know yeah but i mean nick Foles won a super bowl so even even if like i said i'd have to see what it looked like yeah we have to see what it looked like are they going to the are they going to the divisional round on a double doink right i mean right but ultimately and you and you said it earlier too it depends on how they feel about trey lance and nothing that we've seen this season really says like oh yeah trey lance is so close Scout team player of the week in week 14. <laughs> Scout team player of the week. Put that on the mantle. Um, yeah, I'm sure that's that's probably his most not easy for QBs to win it, it, Chris. Yeah. Um, yeah. The number three pick, the most talented player on the field against the scout or with the scout team playing with a bunch of practice squad guys. Like he he better win scout team player of the week every week. All like right. It sounds like that would be the case if they didn't kind of shield against it. There aren't too many top five picks running scout teams throughout the league. No, <laughs> so That's a good point. So Trey Lance should should own scout team player of the week. Um, anyway, yeah. Ultimately, the, the Garoppolo situation comes down to how they feel about Trey Lance, but they're going to have to make that decision early. Like they're going to have to make that decision in February. Mm-hmm. That's why I think the, their minds are made up. Yeah. Their mind their their minds are made up to the point where like okay, barring something completely miraculous. Right. This is how this has to go. Right. More or less. Yeah, so. and that's why that's why when I say I have to see what a Super Bowl would look like. I mean, is Garoppolo completing 75% of his throws and throwing for 310 yards a game and no throwing, picks? Yeah, throwing throwing 18 touchdowns and two picks the rest of the way. Like, all right, then maybe, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I just can't, I can't wrap my brain around unless again, unless Trey Lance isn't good or they, they don't think he's ready yet. In which case they're not going to go bring in Mitch Trubisky for $6 million and say, Mitch, go get him. If Kyle Shanahan, that's a whole other problem. That's a whole other barrel of monkeys. I mean, I, I do think it's an indictment on Kyle Shanahan and that Trey Lance isn't more ready than he is. I was just reading a thing about old toys. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> like, if Kyle Shanahan get, can't get Trey Lance ready, that's on Kyle Shanahan. Right. 
I mean, it, it's also on Trey Lance, but like Kyle Shanahan's the one pulling the trigger on the Trey Lance trade and the pick. Right. 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 And again, if the door was open for Garoppolo where they said, hey, we can still be impressed enough, I think they would have taken like Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond, who we have noted on this podcast is cheeks. <laughs> I don't think he's even been active for a game yet. Yeah, like the the Aaron Rodgers, everyone talks about Aaron Rodgers sat for three years behind. First of all, it was Brett Favre. It was Hall Brett Favre. Jimmy Garoppolo is not Brett Favre. Second of all, they got him, what, 23rd overall? Mm-hmm. They didn't invest three first round picks in Aaron Rodgers. Right. So he fell to them. And it was Brett Favre. Yeah, right. If Jimmy Garoppolo was a Hall of Famer, like, okay, let's have that talk. And even Alex Smith. But Jimmy Garoppolo the, is pretty good sometimes. Even Alex Smith in 2017 was a better, a significantly better player than Jimmy Garoppolo is now. Yes. Correct. Regarding the Patrick Mahomes comparison. Right. So. Yeah. Anyway, we've we've beat that drum for a long time now, but I thought it was important to just have the discussion to point out like, hey, Jimmy Garoppolo's 27 million, Eric Armstead's 20 million, D Ford's 11.9 million, that all adds up to about 72 million. Yeah. And that could give the 49ers a ton of ammunition to get the players they need in free agency to help build around Trey Lance. You could exactly. maybe get a backup tight end mm-hmm. um, to complement George Kittle. Um, in a way that's more dynamic than what Charlie Warner is providing right now, even though Charlie Warner has been a fine run blocker, you could potentially go get a really competent guard, right? You can bring back Lake and Tomlinson. Um, You could potentially go get a tackle if you don't want, you know, if you want to trade Mike McGlinchey or, you know, like if you, if you don't want Mike McGlinchey to be a right tackle, you have the ammo to go get somebody else. And obviously the cornerback situation, you can go get, a third receiver who also happens to be an awesome return guy. They gave right. up on the topic of right guard. The 49ers gave up 15 pressures on Sunday. 10 of them came from the right side. Yeah. From Compton and, and Brunskill. Like they have to get better there. What do you do if they, if the 49ers call you and say, Hey, Chris, we need some advice. What are you doing with Raheem Mostert? I'm who's a free agent. Him. I'm not paying him. Anything? I mean, all- I would bring him back on a cheap deal, but right. I mean, he, he's dealt, he's dealt with a lot of injuries even before the season. Mm-hmm. And I think you've seen enough from Elijah Mitchell to where you're like, all right, it, it might just be, we, and... we would probably be fine going with Elijah Mitchell and then maybe drafting somebody else or, um, you know, obviously adding another rook, uh, undrafted rookie. Um, you would hope that you could develop Trey Sermon into a useful back. I know he's been hurt um, a little bit this year too. So, but like Raheem Mostert, I don't know what he would get on the open market, frankly. And he's a he turns game thirty in player. April. He turns thirty. He's coming off significant knee surgery. He's, he's played any... nine games the last two years. Yeah, he had was it high ankle sprain last year? Mm-hmm. I think multiple. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd like to have him, but I would say my here's my number, right? I, and I'm not I'm not exceeding that, and it would be something like three or four million bucks. A year. Yeah, maybe like two for five or two for six. Yeah, which Raheem would probably scoff at and go get five million from somebody else and potentially be really good because he's a really good running back in the right system. Yeah, and he turns thirty, but he does not have a ton ton of miles on him. 
Right, but it's just he's the really injury good. stuff. Yeah, and that's I just that, that's I think the position where Kyle Shanahan can get the most out of very minimal asset. I might be willing. I might be more willing than you to sign him for a little more. Not like not like eight million a year or anything crazy, but I think the ceiling of their offense is just so high when he's on the field. Yeah, that even if it's Elijah Mitchell getting. 18 to 20 carries a game and you've got Mostert getting 10 to 12. Like he could turn 10 to 12 carries into hundred yards. Pretty easy. Right. Right. He's from Florida. Um, I think he lives in Cleveland. Mm. So like, I don't know if he's necessarily tied to the uh, tough tied. To I don't know. I, I, I just, I'm fascinated to see what kind of deal he gets on the open market. Yeah. And I if mean, I'm the 49ers, I would, I would, I would maybe be a little more willing than you to, Go to bat. I mean, I I think you try pretty hard to bring back DJ Jones. I'm I'm there. Um, Kwan Williams to me is kind of a coin flip. He's getting up there. Also, he's really effective when he plays, but also he's been dealing with injury stuff. And how do you feel about Diamador Lenore in the slot too? Like he's right. been playing outside, but I think they drafted him to be the next guy in the slot. Right, and maybe you know Tyron Matthews a free agent. Man. Slot cornerback Tyron Matthew, that'd be good. Um, He's I don't a good even, player. Yeah, I don't even. I don't know if that would actually be a possibility, but I'm just saying, like there are possibilities where you could find slot corners. Sure. Um, you can also draft one, another one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's a. It, it just goes back to the overriding idea that seventy-two million dollars could get you a lot of things. So, anyway, we will talk about. The Niners game against the Falcons, a big one. If you look at it, like, but I, I text you the 538 game. odds. Yeah. Let me just go back to this text so I have these numbers exactly right. So according to 538, who um, they track the, the playoff odds and you can put in if a team wins or loses. 49ers currently in the sixth spot in the NFC playoff race. If they beat the Falcons who are also vying for a wild card spot. Um, the Niners' probability of making the postseason would be 88%, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, if they lose, it drops all the way down to 36%. Jeez. So it's a big game. And there's, I mean, it means they really need to win. And they can't, like the Falcons are a team that, I mean, we saw in 2019, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a couple of years ago, but obviously, like, they're a team that can come and win a game here. They don't have Julio Jones anymore. It's obviously a very they're, different They're a bad team. Any given Sunday, Kyle. No, I know that, but I'm just saying, like, in, in, in 2019, A, the 49ers were a George Kittle fumble away from winning that game. B, they didn't have Richard Sherman. And or C, or K1 Williams. And C, the Falcons played really well down the stretch of that season. I think they won like six of their last seven or something. This year they've they've not they've not really beaten anybody. Right. Like seriously, the Panthers is like their best win of the year. And the Panthers aren't very good. So that's just kind of I don't know. I I I think the line I saw was eight. Yeah. We'll revisit that on Sunday. I just or on Friday. That's a lot of points. Isn't it? It is. Do you trust the it Niners like to beat anybody by eight? 
I they 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 could like I said we can talk about it on Friday. I don't want to spoil Friday's pod, but yeah. I think the Niners might win this game by a lot. The Falcons have beaten the Giants, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Saints, the Jaguars, and the Panthers. So to your point, and that was that was this good teams. That was the Saints the day they lost uh, Jameis Winston, right? And the Dolphins before the Dolphins got rolling. I think Jacoby Brissett was quarterbacking. Yeah. I mean, the, like I said, I legit think the Falcons are, or the, the Panthers are the best one of the year. A quick note, George Kittle, who's been rolling lately. Um, the last time that the Niners played the Falcons, 13 catches, 134 yards. Yeah. But again, different Falcons team, different coaching staff. The Niners absolutely should roll, but it's yes. it's a very, very important game for them uh, mm-hmm. in the standing. So we'll talk about it later in the week. Yeah. And uh, we just wanted to zoom out and have the offseason just an offseason preview yeah hope you enjoyed that conversation a preview of what's to come we'll have a ton more offseason content obviously coming but we're gonna pull the pin out of the 2021 season and put it back on the table because like you said it's a uh, it's an important one coming up on sunday and we want to make sure you're ready for that and ready for the playoff run that i think this uh this this 49ers team's gonna make yep and run uh, to the playoffs we'll see if they win a playoff game but Congratulations to Stephen Curry, who just committed a horrendous turnover in the next game. Um, but he broke the uh, all-time three-point record, if you haven't seen it. It was great. Sets the screen, pops out, splash. It was beautiful. Nice little Good play. moment. Good moment. Nice little player. All right. All right. Subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't. We'll see you guys see later in the week. We actually won't see you. We'll just talk at you. <laughs>